0: I'm Justin Lesko, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. I am very excited about our guest today, but before I tell you about him, I want to remind you that you can get 15% off the best collection of jujitsu and MMA gear and apparel out there by visiting epicrollbjj.com and using the coupon code PODCAST15. If you want to look your best while you're on the mat, Epic Roll has you covered with rash guards, geese, and fight shorts. If you want to look your best off the mat, they've got you covered there too with t-shirts, joggers, hoodies, hats, mugs, and more. Anything you could possibly want or need related to jiu-jitsu, Epic Roll has you covered. EpicRollBJJ.com, coupon code PODCAST15, and the link is in the description below. Joining me on the show today is a former UFC fighter and veteran of the Ultimate Fighter. He was also the first American to win the IBJJF Pan Ams at Blue, Purple, and Brown Belt. Now retired from fighting, and he has a long list of notable former and current students like two-time UFC Bantamweight champion T.J. Dillashaw, Curtis Blades, Alistair Overeem, Neil Magny, and Corey Sandhagen, just to name a few. He also hosts a podcast called The Gospel of Fire and has written a book of the same name. I have a lot I want to ask him about, so please welcome to the show, Elliot the Fire Marshal. Elliot the Fire Marshal, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I'm
0: the one who hit you up to see if we could do it. So
1: the pod, like, you know, I have my own podcast too. And I I would say that my favorite part, my favorite podcasts are with people that I've never met before. And I, and we like go through this journey of like figuring each other out together, finding conversation. And, and I I really enjoy that piece of podcasting because it's like jujitsu, right? It's like, you have to, you have to figure out each individual puzzle, like what, uh, what opens a conversation for one person does not open the conversation with the other and doesn't even get the conversation going all the time. So, um, which I think is one of the biggest, you know, in my perspective, some of the, one of the biggest problems in the world that we're having right now is we're not like, even before COVID, like speaking to each other, we're speaking around each other and about each other and over each other but we're not actually talking with each other
0: yeah i think people get so entrenched in like this goes for all aspects it goes for jujitsu technique and, and the world in general people get so entrenched in their mm-hmm. own stuff and, and their own view on things and like whether we have different opinions about taking the back or different opinions about like political shit if you're not open to anybody else's view you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and that's not growing or getting better. So I think that's a good lesson from jujitsu is listen to what other people have to say. And it's probably going to be different than you, but that's usually a net positive. If you can listen to what someone else has to say,
1: I believe the Matt teaches us every lesson. There's not a single lesson that the Matt doesn't teach. So, um, it's cool. Jiu-jitsu is cool. Uh, as far as like the physical, like doing the sport, being a champion and all, that's really great. And I went down that path and I did that path and, uh, it was a journey of mine. Uh, I never achieved that goal. I I never became the world champion at anything, uh, that I did, but to say that, uh, what jiu-jitsu has given me the most, first of all, it's people that love me, um, and, and a community of, of people to, uh, at, at large be connected with, and then super minute, like my closest friends and my closest students, everybody's from, from the mat. So to say that jujitsu has
0: given me everything outside of my mom and my dad, it's the truth. Well, usually the first question we ask people when they come on the show is how did you come to find jujitsu and jujitsu has given you this big gift. How did you happen yeah. to find the sport?
1: So I did karate my whole life um, from the time I was six until the time I was like 17, 18. And it was the summer of 1997. And in that style of karate, one of my friends who John Hassett, he's actually a black belt in jujitsu under the Migliorisi brothers, Helsin. Um, He did like the old man's division of the national tournament for this style of karate. And look, it's, it's point sparring. So there's like, you spar your friends. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, It's not, it's not a yeah. deal, right? So, uh, I was like, Hey, old man, what are you doing? Like I was some 17 year old kid, you know, what, what are you doing, man? Why are you dodging? Why are you dodging the man's, the men's division? Like, come on, step the game up, son. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, really? I was like, why don't you come to my house tomorrow? Uh, next Friday night. I was like, sure. I mean, should I bring the crutches? You know, what? I don't even remember. So I don't know what I said, but I talk shit. Right. So, um, I had no clue he was doing jujitsu.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And he
1: beat my ass. And this was 1997, 1998, right? He just beat the dog shit out of me. And I was like, what is this? Um, and I went and I rented all the UFCs that were out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I tried to learn as much as I can over the next year as my senior year of high school. So I tried, uh, I tried to learn as much jujitsu as I could. But like the, the closest school was the Miglaricis. Um, or at the time Maxercise, Steve Maxwell ran the school in Philadelphia. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: and that was like. I'm in hour. New
0: Jersey. I'm right out. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. I live in New Jersey now. I grew up in Levittown, right outside of Philadelphia. I grew up in. in
1: uh, I grew up in South Jersey. I grew up in uh, Franklinville.
0: I was uh, like creeping on your Wikipedia and stuff That's today, doing you know, research. So I, I was trying to work in New Jersey as subtly as I could because I'm here The dirty yeah. <laughs>
1: Where were we? Uh, so yeah, so you know, I tried to learn as much as I can, but I lived in, I was a high school kid. Lived an hour away. I couldn't. I couldn't drive to the city. Uh, and so I didn't really do much, and then I moved to Colorado. Uh, I met my now teacher and business partner Amal in a mall. Uh, he was doing, <laughs> he was doing one of those like you know booths, try jujitsu, and I was like, oh, I've done yeah, it a yeah, little yeah. bit, you know. And he was teaching out of karate school, um, and then I ran out of money. Um, really, man, if I'm being honest, I had, a, I got my first like real girlfriend. I was kind of a door yeah. in high school. I was getting laid for the first time consistently, right? Like, you know, all these things where you're like, whoa, (laughs) that blow your mind. All
0: all those cliches of you stop training because the girl. Yeah. 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 So, and, and
1: and I did run out of money. I had no money too. (laughs) And, but then a year later, uh, I heard that a mall opened up his own school and I was like, ah, man, I'm going to go see if he needs a cleaner. And I go down there and man, it's my lucky day. He goes, he goes, you know what? Cleaner just quit like two hours ago. Let's do it. And I was like, yeah. fuck yeah. And uh now I'm the owner with him. So there's a there's a there's a long story in between there, but like <laughs> like cleaner to owner is possible. <laughs>
0: well, if you don't mind, we're gonna hit a few stops along that yeah, story. For sure. I, I want to yeah. get some of that some more of that story out of you. But so you were doing jujitsu there's sort of a natural progression from jujitsu into MMA, but did you think MMA was like, okay, this is my goal or it just kind of happened?
1: So the reason I did jujitsu is because I saw the UFC and I look, I wasn't popular at all in high school. I had no friends. I didn't fit in, in any way. Uh, The only place that I fit in was in this martial arts arena, uh, uh, karate. Right. So that's the, all my friends were from karate minus like one person. Um, so my senior year like that, you know, when I was talking shit to John Hassett, I started to lose some weight. Right. I, and and like, I, like I was just a late bloomer in every way. So like that baby fat was st- so many reasons, uh, which is part of my story uh, that, that we'll probably get into in a minute. Um, so many reasons why I didn't fit in. And and so uh, would you ask me? shit see this what happens (laughs) oh fighting so when i started to make some friends (laughs) when i started to make some friends uh i started to be like yo i'm gonna fight in the ufc so and i had always said this right like this is what i always said um and you know how like when did you start jujitsu uh
0: what year is it now probably 2012 2013 okay so back in the day right uh
1: this is, this is how I separate jujitsu, uh, j- uh, generations. If you did jujitsu in only in Brazil, when it, when it was only in Brazil, then you're not even counted. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're just that old that it doesn't matter. We'll leave <laughs> you out. Um, we leave you out. But then everything else for me is based on Henzo's school. If you were, if you knew Henzo, uh, when you, when he was with Craig Kuchok, coach, Kucho, you're an OOG. That's what <laughs> okay. you, right. All right. Now. If you knew Henzo when his school was above the methadone clinic and you were training with Henzo when it was, when it was like, when you had to ride up the elevator with the meth heads, then you're an OG, right? And then if you, uh, if you're post, post methadone clinic, you're just a G. So okay. whatever you start. So you're a G, you're not an OG.
0: Right? I'll take that. I'll, I'll okay, take that. Take a
1: G. I'll take it. So, that. um, so anyway, uh, in the OG days, in the OOG days, jiu-jitsu guys were fighters, right? Like, even if you didn't fight MMA, you were still considered a fighter, so, like a, a fighter fighter, you know? So, you know, I got a job at a bar and I was the fighter at the bar, but I didn't really fight yet and yada yada. I was just doing jiu-jitsu and everyone's like, oh, when are you going to fight? And then, you know, I was like, probably, I was a brown belt. And one day, you know, I got done training, my sitting, taking a shower and my wife looks at me and she goes, hey, uh this this whole bar thing is really fine and whatever you work at a bar and teach private lessons and that's great and you're 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 killing it on the jiu-jitsu scene but none of that makes any money because there's no fight to win right like there's none of this um so get a job or fight
0: and i was like oh job huh (laughs) no (laughs) pretty much anything for to avoid that i'll take some punches to the face to avoid that if i have to
1: (laughs) Call the promoter the next day, get a fight, and there, there she goes. <laughs>
0: yeah. So usually it goes the other way. Usually the wife is like, I don't want you fighting anymore. But she was a big push for you and, and obviously was supportive She of just the whole said, One, She
1: said, get a job and get your fucking life going or fight and get your life going.
0: So you had a good option between boring job or at least do what I want to do and get my life going.
1: I had been successful so far, right? It didn't, it may, you know, like I was winning the jiu-jitsu yep. tournament. It wasn't like I was losing. Um, I mean, the first time she ever saw me compete, it was kind of hilarious. Uh, I I just come back off an injury and we, it was a grappler's quest. Okay. And at the time, I don't know how the divisions go now, but at the time, the grappler's quest divisions where if you were two years and up, it was advanced.
0: Yeah. And yeah. we like were Naga, super good. Naga, 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 yeah. Naga does it that way. Yeah.
1: And we were super new to the game, but everyone knows if two years, if, if you're a blue belt, you don't enter advanced, yeah. but we didn't know this. So I enter advanced because that's what it says I'm supposed to enter. And I was 200 and I don't know, 18 pounds. Uh, the cutoff for the not heavy division was 210. And, you know, I'm training, yada, yada, but then I hurt my knee and I can't run. And this is like before anybody really knew how to lose weight or anything like that. So I thought you just ran to lose yeah,
0: weight.
1: Yeah. Um, so I do the ultra fat man division and I'm 218 pounds soaking wet at the po- at that time. And I get this guy that's like 280 pounds, 290 pounds. And he beats me real quick. And my wife and I had driven out to Vegas with the team, like too poor to too poor to fly. Yeah, have to yeah. stay in the circus circus. All I've talked about at this up to this point is, is I want to be the champion. She's never even seen me compete, right? Like yada, yada, yada. And she's just like, Oh God, I have a boyfriend that's really into something and he sucks. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like,
0: what did I get my fucking (laughs) self into? I've Um, heard the guy. I heard this guy talk about this for years and years and now I go out and watch it. It's not, I mean, it
1: was only six months or so or something small, but fuck man, it was, uh,
0: (laughs) not a good, not a good first impression. Let's just
1: say like, uh, Vegas wasn't super great that weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well she so, stuck it out, obviously. So happy ending in the end, I guess. Yeah, right? it
1: worked out for her. It worked out for her for sure. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well, when you started fighting, how long between full full training MMA to the ultimate fighter? What was that time frame? Five fights, six fights. Okay. So two years. And does Colorado do you have to do amateur first, or is it just like
1: no one would take an amateur fight with me?
0: Oh, okay in Colorado,
1: right? Like I'm I'm a champion.
0: It's hard to get amateur fights, right? Yeah. So, I yeah. mean,
1: look, I'm not going to compare myself to the Clarissa Shields, for example. Yeah. She ain't getting fucked. She's fighting something yeah. like, you know, she's fighting one of my friends, Brittany, and it's her first MMA fight, but she's fighting a girl that's a jiu jitsu, pretty good at jiu jitsu too. Yeah. And and has, you know, like 20 fights or something. Look, MMA still tough, right? Because we, 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 look, I had six fights, man, and I was in the UFC. Yeah, dude. I suck at fighting. I'm still scared shitless <laughs> to fight. You know, like I'm not, I'm not a natural born killer like that. Like yeah. that's, I'm yeah. not rampage. Like yeah, where I've been fighting my, I, I, that's just not who I am. So learning to fight, I, I don't even think I learned. Like, like, I can't say that I mastered how to fight until like, uh, I don't believe mastered I, I don't believe I've mastered it, but I'm, I've gotten better learning how to fight and how prepare, how to prepare a fighter mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all these things, you know? Um, but I didn't do it for myself. There's like
0: being on the show that had to be a very life-changing thing for you.
1: That was worth six weeks of my life. Worth six before my mental breakdown, before what I call my mental breakdowns, spiritual awakening. It was worth six weeks of my life. Shit was
0: brutal. It was brutal being there, or was it brutal afterwards or just the whole experience?
1: No, it was brutal being there. The whole the the afterwards is great. Being there was terrible because you're, you're locked in a house. It's prison.
0: Like you have no connection to the outside world, right? Like no, nothing, no connection to the
1: outside world. Look, I remember one time on that show, they drove us. We just asked them to drive us down the strip because they wouldn't let you see. Like they took back roads all the time and, you know, or highways. Uh, And it was like five weeks into the six and a half weeks. They drove us down the strip and everyone was just like glued to the window, just staring at people like we were fucking weirdos because like you, you had zero connection and, and it's, uh, it was, I hated it. I fucking hated it. Uh, I wasn't broke and living in my mom's couch. Right. Right. If you're broke and living on your mom's couch, you love it. Yeah. Or, you know, even if you live with your homies, you love it because it's just like living with your homies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. The,
1: but the food's better. <laughs> yeah. You, they give you whatever food you want and you can get all the alcohol you want.
0: Yeah. So, which is for a reason, obviously they're trying to pump as much alcohol as possible. Man,
1: but. Dude, they, there's a phone in the house right that you can call the producers with and it just rings right to them if you were like yo i forgot something for my dinner and i need an onion let's say they were like yep sorry shit out of luck if you were like yo we're gonna get a little crazy get a fuck get us get us a case five minutes yeah
0: makes good tv onions don't make good tv but a
1: case makes good tv a case
0: makes good tv and my show is
1: brutal bro my show is brutal like the things that they didn't air like the the things that they couldn't air because the FCC said no. Oh really? Oh my God! To the point where like I had to take my plate, a fork, a knife, and a spoon, a bowl, and all that, and I had to wash it every night and put it under the bed because my bed because something was happening. People were doing things to people's food. Yeah. You know, and it was
0: uh, it was like I was like I can't believe this is what I'm fucking doing right
1: now. Like this is stupid. It was
0: like a frat house at a time in your life when you were not prepared to live in a frat house. I
1: was, I was married, you know, I was married trying to get my life to get like, like really like pushing my life. And this was not what I wanted. So after it was what I wanted.
0: Yeah. It was like, it's, it's pulling in both directions. Right. So after the, you know, you get out of the house and and the show airs, and like you said, you're six ish fights in and you're in the UFC you know, what is that ride like? Are you, is there a moment where you're like, what am I doing here? Or is there a moment where you're like, okay, now I know I belong here and I'm ready to go. I never
1: had that moment. No. I belong here, ready to go. If I'm being completely honest, um, I always was filled with doubt. And I didn't know how to, because I was fighting for the wrong reason. Right. I, I was fighting for acceptance of other, from other people. Okay. Right. Like I. Yeah. So this is where the story ties back to my childhood. Um, so I am the son of an African-American dad and who grew up obviously doing civil rights, just age-wise, right? And my mom, her parents were Holocaust survivors and white. Uh, yeah. So this wasn't super kosher, right? Like a Jewish white lady and a black dude having married and like, it's 1980. It's not yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's just what the times uh so and i grew up in a town where like you know the high school quarterback knew he was going to be the high school quarterback because his dad was granddad was big brother was yada yada right it's i grew up in one of those kind of towns so when we moved there and you know our house is getting spray painted swastikas and niger's go home they couldn't quite spell the word right well Um, racists
0: are idiots i don't i mean it's just by definition they're idiots yes
1: um but for me as a kid right you don't understand that and then When your grandparents are telling you Hitler's coming again, right? And there's sugar and food, like in a storage container from like 1979 and it's 1990, you're like, what the hell's going on? Like, why? So they, and they, and and I'm I'm no fault to them, right? Because how could they not prepare for the Nazis again? That was a crazy experience. And how can my dad not prepare for his experience growing up in the 1950s and 60s, right? Like as an African-American, so uh, the danger of the world was always there and it came true no one was my friend right I wasn't allowed to I could go to somebody's house and play in the front yard but I wasn't allowed in the house I could like stuff like that right I just so, don't
0: understand people do like I'm sorry I don't want to interrupt your story but I just don't yeah. understand people I just I just don't get it I'm, I'm not it's... trying to step on your story but Yeah.
1: It's what it was though. Right. So we can try to understand, not understand, but this was my life. I did fit in at karate though. Like martial arts was my home. And it was like, when you look at me versus my sister, my sister didn't have that. And my sister's a mess, you know, her whole, her life is just a mess. And it has been ever since she was 10 years old where karate was like, my martial arts was my savior. Right. It was there for me. So, um, but as far as that experience, like I was always fighting for this acceptance. I wanted to be, I wanted to be the cool kid, right? I wanted to have a friend. I wanted to not sit by myself at the lunch in the, at lunchtime. You know, cuz you know these are the times that are supposed to be fun for everyone and they were not for me. Um, and I probably didn't make it easier on myself either, you know, like the trying so hard. So that's why I fought, you know? Yeah. That's why I fought cuz I wanted that like I wanted the acceptance and um and all, and all of that and When the cage closes, your insecurities scream. So as much as I wanted the acceptance, I also knew what the failure meant. The failure meant ridicule. The failure meant people pushing away. The failure meant all of these things, right? So um, I could never, my truest self, the truest expression of the martial artist that I was could never come out. It came out in like glimpses. It would happen in moments like, uh, the Brandon Vera fight, the last round of my career. Um, you know, I'm sitting on the stool and Greg Jackson looks at me and goes, which guy left. And like, I mean, like I can remember that moment, like, <clears throat> like it's happening now. I can feel where he was. Like I was sitting here. He's off to my left.
0: Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It's just it was, like ingrained was, in your memory. Yeah, it's ingrained in yep. me
1: because it was such a poignant moment in my life. Um, and I went and I found that place, you know, that, that, uh, Buddhism talks about it, like the duality of things, like the the place where I was willing to die was also the place where my greatness was, you know, like they both exist in the same exact spot. I was able to find that, find that. And then you can go watch that round and there it was. Um, But I wasn't able to to call on that. And that's what the greats can do, right? They can call on that. Um, So yeah, uh, fighting didn't work out. Uh, I mean, I know that's probably weird. You're like, what do you mean, fighting didn't work out, man? You fought in the UFC. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, it's it's fighting. It's working out or not working out is the perspective of the doer and the fighter. So right. you know, it's the goal was
1: champion. The goal was world champion. Didn't work out. Yeah.
0: Right. Um. So we
1: opened. I opened. You know. Uh. We opened these schools. We opened these big. You know, like I partnered with them all. Uh. And killed it. Right. Like seven schools and.
0: I want to circle back just to what you touched on Mm -hmm. before. Do you think now opening the schools, having the schools, did that give you the acceptance you were looking for? Are you still chasing the acceptance or are you just past it a little bit? Chasing the acceptance.
1: I try really hard not to chase the acceptance, right? But who's perfect? Um, I I wouldn't say I chase the acceptance. I I chase, currently I chase not to be pushed away. Right, I I I still have that insecurity in, in my life, right? Of, uh, you know, not being accepted. I don't chase people's acceptance, but I do have like the insecurity of, oh man, that might, that they might leave me, right? I I would say sure. Um, but to answer your question, uh, there's more to the story here, right? So 2016 comes, the schools are going well. I I don't know, we got three at the time. I'm not sure what I had. Um, life's great and then life's not great. Uh, no sleep, right. Uh, can't, can't sleep panic attack all through the night, right. All night, five nights in a row, losing my mind needed help. You know, needed help. Massive, massive, intense, acute anxiety. And, uh, I had to get some help. Um, not like checked in help or anything like that, but you, you, you're wondering at that point, do I like, yeah. am I losing my mind? Um, and my family and jujitsu saved me, uh, and it gave me a whole perspective shift of my life, uh, starting with, first of all, like, if you're going to, we're going to keep it very jujitsu routed, you know, to start with, you don't have to, you can go off in any tangent you want, man. I I just, yeah, I'll start with the jujitsu route, (laughs) um, I got to see that, uh, it was my privilege. And yes, super successful at jujitsu. And yes, sure, MMA, you know, fought in the UFC. But it was my privilege that any one person would ever come to spend an hour with me and take my class. And starting that day, I have never taken money again to teach jujitsu. Okay. I don't take money to teach jujitsu. You view it money. as
0: its own worth, the ability to teach and, and have those students come learn from you? Uh, so, you're, and I know everyone's like, dude,
1: you got seven schools. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, we take money to take you on a life journey. We're going to change your fucking life. And that, that has a cost, right? The way we can do that is through martial arts. But I don't get paid to teach a class. I don't, I don't take money to teach a private lesson. When I teach a seminar, we donate that money. Right? I donate every single penny or give it to a charity or, or give it back or teach the seminar for free. Uh, when I was competing, I think I'm done competing, I'm pretty sure, but when I was competing, fight to win pros, right? Uh, all that money got donated to, to people who suffered with anxiety. You know? So I would pay for the therapy or, or whatever it was because I was so lucky that I had this community of mine, like Easton, more importantly, you know? um, where my friends would stay up with me all night while I just panic attacked you know, and I'm talking. They stayed up every night for a month with me. They would like rotate, like, all right, you got to stay up with Elliot tonight, you know, and and they did, right? And that all came from jujitsu. That all, all of that came from jujitsu. I had a doctor who's been my doctor, uh, you know, because I taught his kid. Yeah, and I don't know, man. Can like who can call their doctor at five o'clock on a Friday night and get taken care of immediately? Yeah. like yeah. immediately. Like I didn't have. There was no like. N- 90% of people in the world right now, like if you have a problem and you have, you're at your, you have this acute anxiety. Like I had. when you call your doctor, you've got like a three week waiting period before you're getting in to see your doctor. And that was not my case. I got medicine right away. I got therapy right away. I got every fucking thing I needed. And it all came from this community of
0: jujitsu that I had and my mom and dad. So, uh, and not everyone has that community. You know, there's people out no. there who don't have the people to turn to and, no minus not having a community for reasons we'll say just reasons mental health is like a stigma and it's people will struggle i think just even asking for help and if you don't have anyone to ask that's got to be an even bigger hurdle than just trying to get help look it's hard enough to ask
1: it's hard enough to ask it's hard not it's even harder if you don't know who to ask or how to ask or or what to ask if you don't know that anybody else is dealing with this, this, this demon, this devil that I like to call it. Like, you don't, you, you feel so alone and you're scared and ashamed and all these things that talk about it. Um, and you don't know what to do. So that became my goal. My, my goal with the schools, for example, is I don't, I don't want everyone, anyone that's part of our school to ever have to feel alone again. Like I felt alone my whole childhood. Um, right gained some popular i gained some fame and some popularity and all those things through fighting it gave me that gift you know i was lucky enough to have that gift and in my childhood i was lucky enough to have two parents that were amazing parents like as difficult as my childhood was my parents my grandparents they fucking loved me you know so yeah,
0: um, yeah. you're at least you're trying to pay it forward and give that community back that, that yeah the next person who might need what you needed when whoever. you were growing up yeah Whoever, right?
1: I don't care if it's a child. I don't care if it's a 50 year old, whoever it is, whoever it is that needs us, that needs this community that will stand with them and that will do whatever it takes to make sure that they, uh, have a, have a, a good life, you know, and that's not money and that's not fame and that's not anything, but a good life is, is people with you, right? People with you that are, that are there for you when you are rising and that we're there for you when you're falling, you know? And so this is the most important thing. This is the biggest problem that I think we have in the world currently is we love to pull people down. We love to pull people down and, and we, we do that in many different ways. Some of that, some of those ways is we put them up on this pedestal and we put them on this pedestal only so that we can know, we know they're human and we know they're going to fail And when they fail. Let's go, baby. Let's drive that stake
0: in. And, uh, it's
1: not good. It's not yeah,
0: good. I, I think uh, sometimes it's easier to pull others down than it is to pull yourself up. And if you can. Well, why look are, at, are we
1: pulling others down?
0: Right. Like, because people don't want to or don't know how to pull themselves up. So the way they level is to pull the people they think are on the pedestal, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes for audio only. Yeah, people, yeah, no, of course. Back down to their level. And I don't know how to fix that culture like i don't know how to fix that mentality that people have this right here and jujitsu <laughs> talking in jujitsu you know
1: yeah talking and talking in jujitsu exactly two to do two people we've never met before right this is our first time ever speaking in, but we're talking in my opinion about some real life things how to deal with another person for me you know um most it, it's i have this really interesting thing going on uh my students, some of my students that I work closest with are female. And I, 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 connect very well with females personally when I meet them, not, not that I don't with males, but I do definitely personally with females, but online it's males, right? Cause they look at me and they're like, Oh shit. You know, uh, I, I believe, excuse me. I believe we have a fucking male problem. You know, we have a male problem in the world. We have men that aren't showing up and being men, uh, in a lot of ways in their lives. You know, a lot of ways, first of all, with not being in touch with their feelings, not being in touch and actually how they're feeling. Uh, Because we have to realize that our feelings will affect our behaviors, whether we want to admit that or not admit that, you know, so are we are we aware of even just what a feeling
0: is? Yeah, It's not a weakness to talk about like your emotions or how you feel about things like it's that doesn't make you weak if you aren't like. I'm not okay all the time. That doesn't mean you're like a weak person, you know? And there's like, I like I said, it there's to, still a stigma that it comes mm, from like mental health or insecurity. And it's,
1: I like to liken it to, to, uh, eight mile. You, you watch the movie eight mile. Yep. yep Great. Yep. Right. So at the end when Eminem, right. And is, uh, whatever his name was, but Eminem's character yeah, yeah, was yeah. gonna, uh, he was, uh, rap battle and Papa doc.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And all this bad shit had happened to him, right? Like he choked all the time. His, you know, his buddies, his buddy fucked his mom. His buddy fucked his girl.
0: <laughs> like,
1: like, you know, like his car don't like he, he had all these terrible things that happened to him. And he got to go first in this rap battle with Papa Doc. And what he did was. If, you know, when you watch the movie, he just, he just tell, he just raps about all the shit that Papa Doc's going to say. He's like, yeah, homie, bang my chick. And yeah, yeah. yeah, my mom's this and yeah, that and yeah, this and blah, blah, blah. This is, this is where I'm awful. This, these are all of my weaknesses and securities and vulnerabilities go.
0: Yeah. Like what are you going to say?
1: Papa Doc like stood there like, uh, uh, so that's, but I think that's real life, man. Here, this, this, go ahead. This is where I'm not so great. This is where, look, I'm super. I I just told everyone, the whole world, you know, or whoever wants to, whoever listens to the podcast that like, I'm scared. Like I'm, I'm a, I have this fear that people will leave me. I can have this fear that I won't sleep at night. Uh, I have this, and and sometimes I'll mask that with bravado uh, because that's what worked for me in the past. Uh, I try not to do it so much now. I try to be super aware of that. Um, if you would like to talk about my feelings, I'll talk about my about my feelings and my insecurities. I wrote a whole book about my vulnerabilities and my anxiety.
0: Uh <laughs> you know. for everyone to read, so it's you know yeah, so nothing to hide. What you gonna use, man? Yeah.
1: What are you gonna tell me that I fought in the UFC like a like you know, if you want to say I fought like a bitch, good for, yeah, probably you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, they're not right, like, but I get the point. <laughs> but, but like,
1: like yeah, I wasn't rampage going to kill somebody with Vanderlay, right? I yeah. didn't like go die on my shield, you know. But I don't gotta scream that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't have to tell you that uh, that I am, because it's it's okay. I'm not. I'm nobody. I'm I, you know. I, I'm no. I don't know. I just don't feel the need, and I feel like the, that males especially have this need right now to scream how great they are. Uh, you know, I'll tell a story real fast. It just happened. I did my little podcast about, it. I do a motivational every Monday and I walked out on my kids lacrosse field, you know, uh, he plays one of my kids, they both play lacrosse, but I walked out on the field and I look over and the dad, look, he's got a hat that says lion, not sheep and a shirt that says fucking lion, not sheep. And I'm just like, God damn it. You know? And like the unskillful me, I don't know why, maybe I was having a bad day or something. I wanted to walk over to him and be like, yo homie, you want to find out?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: like you're screaming, you're a lion. I'm not saying I am, but yeah. you want to see?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, and I liken it to, dude. Does Michael Jordan wear a fucking t-shirt This says six-time Finals MVP? Something? Right. No.
0: Yeah, it's like he doesn't
1: because why? He is. Yeah. Lions don't tell anybody they're a fucking lion. Yeah, like they, they don't. And I love the idea. We want to be a
0: lion. You want to be a lion? I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no lion says, "Hey, guess what? I'm a lion." Everybody already knows. Everybody, everybody they knows. Know. Yeah. They know. Exactly. Everybody knows. But it's just like a false bravado. Like, you know, it's just it's the loudest voices. And mm-hmm.
1: I re- I'm really trying in, in, in situations like that. I'm really trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, man, maybe I just happened upon this person on the worst day of their life. Right. 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 It's, it's a possibility that their mom died and their, di- their, their, their mom got cancer, their dog died, and their girl left them. Right? All within the last hour. And like I bump into them or took their parking spot or I looked at them funny. Yeah. Right. I don't want to judge the person. I'm trying not to judge the person based on that. You know? Yeah. Now the line's not sheep thing. I'm a fucking like you're, point, you're making but... a choice, man. You're making a choice here to wear that fucking t-shirt.
0: You know? You so, might as well have shown up with gloves and a mouthpiece because you want to go to <laughs> Man. I just yeah, I was just like, you know, I just yeah, so. Do you Um, feel I, I felt this, especially when I was still actively fighting and people know that you're fighting and whatever. I always felt like I had to prove that fighters aren't super aggressive jerks. So I would let a lot slide more than I probably should have because I was trying to break up a stereotype about dumb meathead fighters. Have you ever experienced that feeling at all where Someone's maybe egging you on because they know you're a fighter, oh, and they so want. to So nobody, get a reaction. Acted, I've
1: never been egged on really. Um, I I try to, I try to always give, I try to always let it slide. Now, you know, e, like even the dude, like he didn't do anything with his t shirt, right? But like I, I was feeling a certain way, that was on me. Um, I try to always let it slide, be, just because uh, it's just not worth it. Like, yeah. like again, what if it's the dude's worst day? yeah i I don't want to add to the worst day yeah and and uh, and and if i look like a bitch then cool i look
0: like a bitch uh i try to avoid being the bad guy in anybody's story if someone's telling a story and there's a bad guy i try yeah. to make it not be me
1: for me it comes down to and this is part of the big problem you know i think uh we don't know who we are as humans like and we want to define ourselves in these really rigid ways uh And I try to, you know, I'm I'm reading a lot of Buddhism right now about the, about the no self piece. Um, But I I, I do feel as though uh, we need some ground to stand on. So like, when you ask yourself, who are you? You know, like, what does it mean to be Justin? What does it mean to be Elliot? Like, what, 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 what are those things? Like, can you, can you tell me what that means? Like, is it the skin that I have? Is it this bald head? But what, what, does it, what does it mean to be me? Um, and, I've, and I've thought about that a lot. And uh, when I know who I am, no outside external thing can touch me. So for example, I'm a father. I'll be those kids, my two boys, right? I'll be their dad until I die. I'll be their dad after I die. Like, cause when they're alive and I'm not, someone goes, yo, who's your dad? And they're gonna go, Elliot. When, the, when, when, when they die, and their kids are alive. Their kids are going to go, yo, who's, somebody's going to go, who was your granddad? Uh, Elliot, right? So that's a truth. It's just an always truth. Now, look, I don't always play the role as father, but I'm always a dad, right? I'm always going to be a teacher. Like somebody, uh, like my students, When, when, when forever, I'll be their teacher. My, I I will always be a mall's student first and foremost. Yeah, we're business partners and we're all these other things, right? But I'm his student. I'm his student first. I'm my parents' student, right? They taught me so many things. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fighter. There's no, you can't deny it, right? And I'm fighting still. We all, we all have this fighter piece in us, this warrior. Um, uh, And then most importantly, uh, this really links for me back to to my grandparents and the Holocaust. Like I'm a survivor. Like I will survive. And all of those things combined, they just make me enough. But there's no external event. Nothing can happen. There's no this or that that can touch any of those things. Right? So like good day. Okay. Those things are still true. Fuck it. Let's go. Great day. Amazing day. Doesn't change any of those things. Right? Like you drop $10 million. Boom. Right there next to me. Cash. Right? But... Um, I, it won't touch me because it doesn't change who I am because how I've really been trying to define who I am has nothing to do with any external event. So it keeps me grounded. It keeps, tries to keep me humble. It tries to keep me helping.
0: Um, and it tries to keep me allowing people to help me. And on the bad days, you helps you remember who you are in that. Yeah. It keeps you I mean, name my worst
1: day, name the worst day that could happen. Which one of those things won't be true?
0: Yeah, you're right. Like, you're God right.
1: forbid my kids die, right? God forbid that happens first. I'll still be their dad.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: forever and ever. It can't, you can't take it away. You cannot take it away. So it's unchangeable. So if I, if I keep it there, you know, then boom,
0: we're golden baby. So when you are working with fighters and you're, coaching and teaching everyone from jiu-jitsu to, you know, pro fight team, you obviously spend a lot of time on your own self and your mental health and your mental strength. Does that impact or inform what you do with your athletes and your students? Yeah. I make them do this too.
1: Like I make my athletes do this. Who are you? So that way we can get some space between the competition Right, the fight, the comp- we will just call it the competition—and then, right, we can have a, have some distance. You can go out and perform amazingly and get and, and get double gold, and guess what? It didn't touch those. It didn't touch who you are. It didn't touch you, right? You can go out and perform terribly, and what? It didn't touch you, because none of because that double gold or that first round loss is what it is. Now it's just information. Now it just becomes information for us to use, to become more skillful. So we don't try to use words like terrible, good, bad, right? And I know I said terrible because it's, it's what everyone associates with, right? Um, I try to use just two words, skillful and unskillful. I had an unskillful day. Great. What's the goal? Be more skillful. I had a skillful day. Great. What's the goal tomorrow? Be more skillful. The goal doesn't change. We're still looking at more skill.
0: Yeah. I had that realization. Sort of along the same lines. It was before a fight, and it was like the Friday. I'm working like my part time job. Weigh ins are Friday night, fight is Saturday night. And on Friday, while working, I realized no matter what happens in this fight, like I'm coming to work on Monday. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that changes in my life is whether there's a win or a loss on my record. So over the whole course of my life, this isn't a major issue. So, like, relax and just you know what I mean? It's Yeah.
1: This is what I I like to say this to my students, right? You're you're a jiu-jitsu geek, right? Like me. I got it it's like super important to you, right? Jiu Jitsu?
0: Yeah, I mean we did we do a show just to talk about it because uh, couldn't get enough. Who's the middleweight world champion in 2017 black belt? Ooh. If you give me a minute to Google it, I could tell you. No, but I think no, that's no, the just point. man. You're a jiu jitsu nerd. You're a
1: nerd, man. You're a nerd Middle like me.
0: 2017.
1: Oh. Hey, man, I'll make it easier for you. 2019, middleweight. You still don't know. Yeah. Couldn't tell you.
0: Couldn't tell you off the top Couldn't of my tell head. Yeah. Couldn't
1: tell me. Right No, nobody can. Yeah. Only they can and their yeah. mom. Yeah. Right? Like nobody can. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nobody can.
1: Yeah. So how important is it?
0: Yeah. It's as important as you make it on the day. Yeah. You know, how important is it? Yeah
1: how important is it? How important must it be in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. Right. This, this, this world champion, how, and maybe I, and I, I used to say, maybe I see it this way because I wasn't a world champion, but then I was lucky enough to get GSP on my podcast and GSP. You know, I was like, dude, you're, you're the, you're a goat. Like there's three, it's you, John Jones and Khabib. And this is, this is the list right now. We're going to uh, debate
0: that list when you're done with this point, but keep going. Okay. <laughs> we can debate it For sure. So, uh, you know,
1: and he was like, man, you know, can't say I was better ever than anybody I fought. I was just better in that moment on that day. I won't say that I'm better than them. I'm a better fighter than them. I will never say that. And I was like, okay, if that dude can say that, then all of us can say that.
0: For real, for real. I th- I th- and that's one thing. I've, one thing I've always admired about GSP is his mental approach on top of the physical, how they combine together, just a complete fighter, not just in the sense of, He's really good at wrestling, he's really good at boxing, he's really good at jujitsu, but a complete athlete who did everything he could internally, mentally, and physically. And
1: Khabib the same way, right? Like there's the there's a highlight of Khabib, you know, and he's talking shit to Dana in between rounds, right? Like Dana, you must give me the title fight, you know, like like whatever he's saying, you know, like you know how he did that for a while. Yeah, yep, yep. And Dana's like, man, you got to fight right now. You could lose the fight. Dana says to him, and Khabib's like, win lose doesn't matter. I know who I am. Yeah. Like he, like he, like literally it it didn't touch him Yeah, because he knew who he was. Like getting back to what I was talking about earlier, like he knew who he was. So the, the, the result of said Saturday night, barely legal fight had no bearing on Khabib Nurmagomedov.
0: Yep. Yeah. And like you, like to your point before. Whether he had a hundred million dollars after his fighting career or zero dollars, who he was as a look person, look what he's doing now. He's same. coaching his homies. Dude, he's like seven and zero, right? Right. As a he's coach. coaching his <laughs> homies, right? Is is he? Wait a second. Is he following the Elliot Marshall plan of retire and no, start don't coaching? Go. Don't don't start that because first <laughs> of all, first of all, my name ain't up there with the goats.
1: You know, um, there's a lot of people that have gone down this path. Me, <laughs> me, you know. Uh, there's a lot of us that have done this, you know, so, um, but, uh, you want, you said you want to ask me who I did the goat talk which, So go ahead.
0: All right. So I always get, I'm going to put a clip probably on Instagram of part of this conversation where I'm going to say that Amanda Nunez belongs on the goat list and people like rip it apart in the comments. People don't think Amanda Nunez is a pound for pound goat. I think she is. And I think mighty mouse belongs on the list. Not anymore not anymore. You don't think? You don't think? No. In the fighting goat conversation, too
1: fighting too long. This is what happens. This is what happens. People fight too long. But can you Anderson, blame him? I mean, he's I, I, Anderson fought too long. Anderson did fight too long.
0: BJ Penn fought way too long.
1: BJ Fan, Penn fought way too long. And so look, Roy Jones fought way too long. Roy Jones is an all-time goat. Like like he was so good. He was he's like what he like he and Anderson are very similar, right like they yeah. were in their prime when when they were the untouchables, God damn, they were just so untouchable um kabib never lost a round bro
0: i know i know i I never lost
1: a round
0: I like this conversation because this conversation really kind of encapsulates the fun of doing a podcast like this because everyone has a different opinion. So when I talk to different people, like no one will ever agree. It's not a testable hypothesis or theory. Right. It's all opinion. And it's fun to hear why other people think.
1: I'll agree with you with Amanda. You know, I'll agree with you with Amanda. No, Nobody, uh, it's Amanda, it's Khabib, it's John Jones and it's GSP. And GSP, I think wouldn't have been one. Had he not come back and fucked up Bisbing,
0: Yeah, that was think wild. His legacy dude.
1: was a little ruined. Yeah, you know, because he wasn't looking good towards the end of his welterweight career. But the way that he came back and just
0: destroyed Michael Bisbing,
1: who son,
0: I thought Johnny Hendricks, I thought Johnny Hendricks beat GSP on the night. I, yeah, I thought, could. he you know, I, I can see that argument. Uh, GSP, man, like those last couple of fights, the significant strikes he was taking was, was bad. It was, it was bad, like yeah. three, the last three fights before the Bisping fight, it was like more significant bad. strikes combined than his whole previous whole career. career. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. You're right. So him coming back really like, okay, yeah, GSP, was, I see you.
1: Yeah. It was, a, it was an amazing fight. You know, it was an amazing fight. And look, John Jones is, uh, John Jones is obvious, right?
0: Yeah. He I just, just don't
1: like John Jones
0: i just too many positive tests and i know all the picograms and memes and i do my best to be we're talking about fighting i don't uh, objectively viewing not looking at personal life not looking at anything the positive test man and it's just there's too much doubt it's too much never, failed. Too Khabib much never
1: failed a test could be never lost around you're right so- so when we're and look, this is I, I don't like this conversation all the time because it's like you're shitting on dudes that are amazing. Right. I know. It's like, man, let me tell you about how bad LeBron James <laughs> is when you're talking about Michael Jordan. And you're like, oh, shit, dude. You 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 haven't you have done nothing ever for one second as good as LeBron James right. does his whole life. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, so, um, I, I like you know, we're we're being difficult here in our discussion, yeah, right, of of trashing amazing. Athletes. So I have um, to say
0: something besides nah, nah, yeah. you're not right. Like I have to so give this argument. For me,
1: it's khabib right? Okay. When you're gonna go through those four, he's never lost a fight, he's never lost a round. There's nobody else that's done that. Amanda's lost fights, GSP's lost fights. John Jones has failed drug tests and lost rounds. John Jones has split decisions.
0: You have you have a you have a strong argument. I, I, I don't take away from your argument. I uh I do think a big argument for Khabib is that as he's now retired, it's like when GSP first retired after the Johnny Hendricks fight, like I said I thought Johnny Hendricks beat him so you could get into the like all right there's people who are going to beat George eventually with Khabib right now I don't think anyone would beat him. So him retiring Dude, I
1: thought Justin Gaethje was the most dangerous one to do it.
0: And we talked about on up, this show how right? much it was going to be the guy and just... dude
1: he like he made he who the fuck walks down Justin Gaethje he just dude. walks Justin down with his hands down and didn't fucking care and I mean Justin's got fucking two bricks in each hand yeah no one's you know like so he had the perfect
0: nope. answer for Justin Gaethje that no he just else was better he just
1: took him yeah. down he just took him down like it wasn't hard who who mounts somebody in an MMA fight and doesn't
0: throw a punch and then do the triangle instead of the arm bar so i don't have to break your arm in front of your parents like that level of fuck control off. yeah fuck off yeah well against a against killer yeah and you say like oh he took him down everyone knows justin gaethje's wrestling credentials he didn't take no down one's taking
1: him down no one right no one's ever taken gaethje down in a right. fight right so what do you like you, you can't be like, oh, he just took him down and that was the game plan. Yeah, well, guess what? That was almost everyone else's game plan too, and it didn't happen. Yeah.
0: Well, Elliot, we're talking MMA, so mm-hmm. we'll stay here for a second because I got I yeah I can't let you go without talking some, some MMA stuff with you. Yeah, let's do it. Who do you have in camp right now? Because I'm trying to track all of these guys moving around in different camps and with COVID and everything. Who do you have in camp now preparing for stuff, and what's that looking like?
1: So, look, I'm no longer the head coach of the Elevation Fight Team. Um, I let that go. Um, I didn't make a big announcement or anything like that. Right. Uh, no reason to. So, uh, uh, but I'm still friends with all the coaches, right? Like, so, but I, I'm just not the head coach. I think we have Austin this weekend um, and uh, Chase, you know, Chase is, he is, did his camp with us. So he, he fights Arlovsky this weekend. Um, and then I personally have Montana De La Rosa in camp. She okay. fights June 5th against Ariana Lipinski um and man what an interesting experience it's been for me to work with her it's uh it's been uh one of the great one of, one of the most rewarding experiences of my life
0: really what yeah. what makes you say that
1: mm, we just we just gel right like you know i have two boys so it's interesting like having a, a, a you know i have a, a female jiu-jitsu student that i've been working with and she was like 15 or 16 you know, but, uh, and so that, so not doing it so skillfully with her, like, cause I didn't know how to deal with female athlete so much or just females. And what, uh, what a younger female needed from an older male and me when it's not like, uh, no sexual type thing at all. Right. Like it's yeah. just teacher student relationship, you know, and like almost parenting. So how to parent a female, um, for, for my jujitsu student in Anna and, than some of the mistakes that I made that I get to kind of redo here with Montana, even though she's older, you know, she's in her twenties, but still like 20 years older than her. Yeah. And we just work. I, I don't know, you know, but you know, like when somebody comes into your life and you're like, damn, all right. And I, and I work with her husband, like, you know, her husband and I have a great relationship and it's just one of those things person came into my life. And it's, it's been an amazing experience of my life. Not that other people haven't been right, but this is just what I have currently, you know? Um, I have Drew Dober, who, you know, just fought one of Khabib's dudes. Uh, And uh, he and I have become super close. So those are the two MMA fighters that I'm working with. Like, so for me, it's all about the relationship. Right? right. It's all all about the relationship that I can have with the individual. And, uh, and that's how it so. And that's kind of why I let go of the fight team because I wasn't able to have these relationships. the 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 work of the head coach of the fight team was so much that I, I didn't feel like I was showing up for my athletes and my jujitsu students and my jujitsu athletes like I needed to be. So I had to make this decision. And
0: uh, so you just refocused a little bit just more, refocus, like refocused. Just yeah. what do I want
1: with my life? Like what do I, How do I want to be showing up in each and every moment? Um, and I had to choose that, and I chose to go deeper in with, I don't know, how do you say this? I I only want to deal with people that want all of my smoke, right? If if I was going to say like the, the skillful of me, the unskillful of me, the benefits and the drawbacks of me, like all that stuff. I only want to deal with people who want all of this smoke, you know, and I don't want to deal with people who don't. So, uh, everyone that I'm working with personally, currently wants all of this smoke
0: before i let you go if anyone's not following you or isn't familiar with your podcast just let everyone know where they can find yeah, you and, sure. and give that information out if you could so man elliot uh at fire marshal 205 i
1: actually have a new i have two instagrams going kind of right now the other one at elliot inspires um so whichever uh follow you know um One is a mix of the Fire Marshal 205 is a mix of everything. The Inspires one is just inspirational stuff that I put out. Um, ah, What do I have? I've got my book, uh, The Gospel of Fire, my podcast, The Gospel of Fire. You can get all that off my website, elliottmarshall.com. I have a webinar out and that leads to like a course where, you know, uh, this idea of finding your purpose and finding your power. You know I, you know I believe that we need to find purpose and first we need to find our power we need to know this thing that makes us amazing in the world what is it what is it about Justin what is it about Elliot what is what is that what is that thing and then we need to go give it away right you need to go Shh, yeah, hey hey come on so um, I have a webinar you know that uh, that you can find on my, it's either on my Instagram or, my, or on my website so you know go go search me out firemarshall 2025 Elliott marshall the gospel of fire is the book and the podcast and uh i try to listen i try to respond to everybody so if you reach out to me i, bear, I try to really do my best to reach out to you don't do it on facebook messenger i don't do that shit. Um, I do, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it on instagram uh so uh yeah i i appreciate it i hope and anybody that's listening you know uh let's do this
0: Elliot Marshall, thank you so much for coming on and chatting for an hour. I really appreciate it.
1: Guys, have a great night. I really appreciate it, Justin. You're the man.
0: Thanks, Elliot. Take care, man.